2: Welcome, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're definitely in the right place today. Today's buzzword, predictions on steroids. Picture that. So what's on your business wish list in 2014? If it's a crystal ball to help you predict what the new year will bring for your business, your industry, your marketplace, your world, we've got the next best thing today. More than a dozen thought leaders you've heard on previous programs will collectively gaze into the SAP Game Changers Radio crystal ball and add their voice. Their predictions to those of the 15 thought leaders who kicked off this prediction series in mid-December 2013. Their gift to you is a collection of not-heard-anywhere-else insights into the technologies, the strategies, the communities, the people, and the trends that can help your organization grow and compete better in 2014 and beyond. So pour a cup of Joe, Earl, OJ, or if you've got any Dom left over with some bubbles, pour that too. And join us at the Game Changers table for Smart Business Talk and good cheer on Game Changers 2014 Predictions Part 2. And mark your calendar for January 22nd when I'll be joined by another 14 experts. I am Bonnie D. Graham and this is Coffee Break with Game Changers, episode number 116 if you're keeping track. Let me tell you about the three guests on the first segment of the show. It's going to go fast and furious. I'll introduce you right now and then we'll hear their predictions. Greg Gerard, Program Director of IDC Retail Insights Merchandising, Marketing and Retail Analytics Strategies. He explores opportunities to improve customer engagement with better analytics in merchandising, marketing, fulfillment, and commerce. Since great analytics are useful only if applied well, Greg focuses on people and processes, too. Greg Gerard, welcome. How are you?
3: I'm doing well, Bonnie, and thanks very much for this opportunity.
2: Thank you. Let me introduce the other two panelists on this segment, and then we'll get started with the predictions. Chris Carter is CEO of Aproyo. He assists companies seeking knowledge and strategic focus to support their growth in the enterprise space using SAP HANA and Big Data. In 2005, Chris and his team created the first SAP cloud ever used by an SAP client. Chris Carter, how are you?
4: I'm well, Bonnie. Good to talk to you again.
2: Thank you very much. Welcome to a very sunny but very, very, very bitter cold New York. Sorry we couldn't do better for you, Chris. And rounding out this panel is Quentin Fisher, who leads CSC's Big Data and Analytics for North America, focusing on manufacturing industries. They include auto, aero, chemical, and industrial, as well as cross-industry SAP analytics solutions. Quentin Fisher, how are you today?
4: Very good,
5: Bonnie. Happy New Year to everyone.
2: Happy New Year. Thanks for joining me. Greg Girard, first man up. Let's get you on the firing line here. What are your predictions for 2014? Greg Girard, two minutes. Go.
3: Okay, Bonnie, you've really set the bar high because I could talk about 10, and I could talk for an hour about that, but you want me to just talk for two minutes. So I'm yeah. going to focus in on just a couple of our predictions, and they're all related to retail. As uh, your introduction indicated, I focus on uh, on, on retail and omni- omnichannel analytics. So I've got... Uh, four uh, predictions I want to make today. Uh, mm-hmm. The first is that uh, leading uh, omni-channel retailers will improve same shopper sales with immersive commerce, and we think that retailers need to set a new north star, which is this notion of immersive commerce. They're going to do that, and I'm glad I've got some colleagues here who are talking about big data and analytics. Um, mm-hmm. Retailers need to extend the notion of path to purchase to the idea of path to repurchase. You know, a purchase spans the zero moment of truth, which is uh, you know, thinking about evaluating through the first moment of truth, which is buying. Now, um, Procter & Gamble has made a really important uh, focus for the last 10 years on the second moment of truth, which is using. So the path to repurchase adds that additional dimension. And the next, the purchase after the next, is the purchase that transforms transactions into engagements and relationships. Retailers will, to support this, uh, really focus on the science of journey mapping. We've heard a lot about journey mapping over the past year or so. Journey mapping analytics will come to the fore, moving from descriptive to prescriptive uh, and also then uh, predictive uh, uh, a- a- analytics and retailers are going to uh, light up the store with immersive commerce. Uh, we think of the notion of bringing the online mobile experience inside the store. Um, the second thing that I want to focus on is my prediction about, uh, investments in marketing and advertising. They're gonna, they're gonna explode, uh, this year and into 2017, driven by the increase in internet advertising, you know, which is gonna grow from about 16 billion, from 9 billion to 16 billion over the next mm. couple years, and with internet advertising more and more going digital. So that's going to require retailers and give an opportunity for retailers to have a much better set of data about consumers because of this digital and mobile interactions. So they're going to invest in analytics to light the way so that they're able to bring content. That's relevant to consumers, you know, in each of these uh, digital venues and, and mo- mobile venues. Uh, it's going to be driven by these investments uh, in uh, merchant marketing and advertising. We'll, we'll be driven by a number of things. Because it's digital, because it's mobile, um, decision cycle times need to be compressed. You need better analytics to do that. You need better customer segmentation and personalization, and finally, retailers uh, will be focused on coordinating uh, outbound and inbound marketing into dialogues, right? So that there's a constant engagement and and uh, and, and, and the like. Uh, the next prediction relates directly to big data and analytics. Retailers will narrow and enable. Uh, big data and analytics projects in 2014, uh, you know, 20 to 30 percent, about a quarter, of big data and analytics initiatives retailers have launched to date have fallen short of their expectations. Mm-hmm. And against our big data and analytics maturity model, uh, which is a five-fold uh, stage of uh, progression. Only about one percent of retailers have 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 a f- complete set of optimized BDA capabilities across uh, the notions of uh, data, technology, intent, process, and people. And in each of those five areas, retailers are going to focus on uh, just a couple aspects that distinguish the high achievers, those who have generally. Um, had better results from their big data and analytics efforts uh, than the the one percent of retailers, and finally, and I know i 'm maybe going over time, retailers need to take privacy personally there 's been a lot of conversation and sort of the common knowledge that consumers are willing to trade privacy for personalization privacy for mm-hmm. guidance if you we've peeled the onion back a little bit and if you start asking consumers about what kind of data they're willing to uh willing to share and what kind of guidance they they want to get uh all of a sudden you find that um, personalization is not created uh equally and some retailers are more to, uh have truck with consumers who are more willing to share privacy than other retailers and uh, those retailers are more engaged with the consumers who we would call privacy hoarders so there's a little bit of tension and that's going to be yep. that's going to shake out in 2014
2: and tension so is a good are. thing thank you greg appreciate that i have to turn the mic over to chris carter now ceo of a chris look into the crystal ball give me two minutes what do you see chris
4: And I'm on. And my first one is what everybody has seen lately is cloud, cloud, cloud. I feel that cloud enables agility and business innovation. So I see that cloud is the innovation platform that organizations need for the speed of their success. And in order for them to do that, what they really need to look at is they need to look at a hybrid cloud. They need to look at these clouds because you can't move everything into the cloud, uh, even though some folks want you to. You you may not even want to be, have that aspect because of some of the security concerns and some of the data concerns that you have. And even more important, why rip out something that works and disrupt your entire organization? That's just asinine. So that leads then into uh, the point where for me, and where we want to take our organization is because of the fact that big data, everybody talks about it. The potential for big data is real. Um, the insights is tremendous. And then you take that cloud technology that we talked about that we've developed and you provide a common platform for that big data. And, and that's really where those applications can start to grow and to start to fester and to build out. So to me, big data has become the catch all phrase for, for the volumes of data processes that are generated every day. And what we really want to see is, I feel, without the appropriate actions, uh, the collections, the analysis, uh, the data is really worthless. It's it's just a pain in your backside. So we really want to make it worth something to organizations, and I feel that making data worth something to organizations and to individuals is the benefit. So I see that uh, the two of those together, I see the big data, and predictive analytics, morphing into predictive technology and that technology then is something that's going to be utilized by organizations to speed their growth to speed their needs uh to really where real time is no longer enough you have to have uh you have to have the technology and the capabilities to move mobile to move social to move big data and and to really have that innovation and that agility uh, and that's my third one is agility as part of the crystal
2: Thank you very much, Chris Carter. I have a quick question for you. I have to give time for Quentin. Do you see a maturity in the knowledge about the cloud, about moving when to move, what to move, whether to go on the bandwagon and say, Wow, we're going to go on the cloud, or or to to phase and stage and gauge yourself? Is there a, a is there an upswing in people knowing what they're doing when they approach the cloud? Yes or no? Yes. Good, good. That's good news. Quentin Fisher, you're up. I can give you exactly 2 minutes. We're almost out of time. Quentin Fisher, CSE, big data and analytics. Talk to me. Predict.
5: Great. Well, we talked to you last time about business networks and we're going to see some continuation down that track and what we're going to see um, these business networks aren't necessarily just outside but inside and 2014 will be really the rise of the industrial internet. Right? It's going to be about getting sensor information it's going to be about big data and it's going to be about connecting dots that haven't been connected before creating new business networks. There's been a lot of big discussion about uh, open open source and internet data. We're going to see the discussion shift internal to organizations and enterprise data with all the sensor data. Uh, Cisco has said that uh, 1% of all things that can be connected are connected, just to kind of give you some examples. And uh, just a few more quotes here to tell you how, how big mm-hmm. this movement is. IDC has said that uh, by 2020 there's going to be 26 more connected things than people and by twenty twenty industrial data will account for fifty percent of all digital information so you're going to see this trend of industrial data taking over the big data conversation and a lot of investment and GE and Cisco are both big proponents of the business impacts. Uh, GE is saying over the next twenty years it's going to be ten to fifteen trillion in business benefits and, uh, Cisco has, has been more aggressive saying and by 2020, uh, there'll be, uh, 14 trillion and then even now by, um, uh, the, I think just yesterday at the uh, CES conference, they said that uh, it's going to be 19. So, so they're really very mm. focused on this connecting devices and sensors. So we're going to see that then transition into analytics. Uh, and analytics is then going to become much more of a business function, and you've seen the rise of chief analytics officer, ch- chief digital officer, ch- chief data officer, right? So it's going to be a business focus. And then just echoing some of um, the comments from April, um you're, you're going to have to have a hybrid environment. You're going to have to connect these uh, new data uh, sources with existing data into a to a next-generation architecture and solution set. And I think mm-hmm. cloud, of course, is going to really help move the speed to that. And then on top of that, security is, of course, another another big concern. So we're going to see all of those things wrap around this huge trend that we're seeing in, in, uh, uh, out you, there right Quentin. now. Thank you,
2: Quentin. You know what? We're out of time, but I'm going to ask each of you for one buzzword for 2014, and then I'm going to say goodbye. Greg Gerard, one buzzword. Go. 2014, what is it? Relevancy. Good. Chris Carter, buzzword, 2014,
5: go. Predictive analytics.
2: Oh, we got it in there. Quentin Fisher, one buzzword, what is it?
5: Industrial internet.
2: Love it. We get two words is better than one. Thank you all, Greg Gerard, Chris Carter, Quentin Fisher, for kicking off our Game Changers 2014 Prediction Special Part 2. A lot of energy, a lot of good, packed predictions, learning a lot from all of you. Have a great year. I'm sure I'll talk to all of you on the radio again. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is our Prediction Special Part 2. We're going to take a one-minute break. Exactly when we come back, I have four more guests waiting to share their predictions. Brad out. Here we go, and our segment number two, I'm going to welcome four more esteemed thought leaders who appeared on our show in 2013. First up, we'll hear from Paula Rosenblum, a managing partner of Retail Systems Research, that's RSR. She has more than 25 years of experience in retail as a practitioner and an analyst, and Paula has a pragmatic approach to retail. Earlier in her career, she was a CIO with Domain Home Fashions and iParty. Welcome, Paula. How are you? Um, well, well, I've got a cold, but otherwise I'm feeling perky. How about you? Well, we're, we're going to perky you up. Thanks, Paula. Mark Brading is a partner at SMA Strategy Meets Action, a strategic advisory firm offering a unique blend of advisory research and project-based consulting services to insurance companies and solution providers. Welcome, Mark Brading. How are you?
6: I'm just great. Thanks.
2: Good. Okay. I'm just sending a note to Brad here that somebody said they can't find us live on the air. I know we're coming out live. Just want him to double check. Elizabeth Hedstrom-Henlon, an analyst in TBR, a Technology Business Research's software practice, tracks trends and provides strategic insight on vendor business models. She has been quoted in Information Week, TheStreet.com, eWork, and Wall Street Journal eWeek. Elizabeth, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Bonnie. How are you? Great. Thank you very much. And rounding out this panel is John Elder. He leads Elder Research, America's largest and most experienced data mining consultancy. He has written, co-authored three books on practical data mining, ensembles and text mining, and President Bush, I'm not sure which one, named John to serve five years on a panel to guide technology for national security. Welcome, John Elder. How are you?
7: Thanks, Bonnie. Great.
2: Thanks for joining me. Okay, Paula Rosenblum, two minutes on the clock. What do you see in that gorgeous crystal ball for 2014, Paula? Share with um, us, please.
8: Well, in terms of what's hot, I think what we call cross-channel order fulfillment, which is really the ability to use your inventory as a shared pool of product to, to sell anywhere, that's going to be hot. Given all the promotions we run as an industry, I think promotion optimization and price optimization is going to be hot. And because of the reaction to... Um, to the target data breach, I think data security is going to have a, a resurgence. What I see as not hot is mobile payments. It's still going to lag, although it might gain some life from Bluetooth and iBeacon, but it still strikes me as a solution looking for a problem.
2: Wow. Brief and to the point, a solution looking for a problem. Just give me another 30 seconds on that, Paula. Elaborate a little.
8: Yeah. As a friend of mine said when we talked about it last year, if I've still got to reach into my pocket, do I care if I'm reaching in for my wallet or my phone? I really don't. You know, and, and so, so it just doesn't seem like the consumer cares. An alternative, which seems like it's going to be hot, is a technology called COIN, where you basically can embed all the information you need into one, from multiple credit card and loyalty cards, into one card. And it can mimic all the various mag stripes from the others. That one seems to be gaining a lot more interest from consumers.
2: I would say that is hot. Thank you, Paula Rosenblum. Hang on. We might have a bonus question for you. Mark Braiding, SMA. Talk to me. Two minutes of predictions. Let's make these hot, too. Go, Mark.
6: All right. I have three specific predictions for the insurance industry and technology in 2014. They're related to the customer experience, analytics, and innovation. Uh, Regarding the customer experience, I expect insurers to increase their focus and their investment in this area. There were a lot of new executive appointments last year, and a lot of strategy projects related to the customer and the agent experience, and this is going to translate into more major initiatives and spending in 2014. Uh, Secondly, business intelligence and analytics, it's really on everyone's mind in the industry, uh, from the underwriter to the claims manager to the CEO. Everybody wants that edge. They all want to know how they can get more insights from their data. It's been an area of high focus and investment, but what I think is gonna be different in 2014 is the move to operationalize more of those analytics, leveraging real-time analytics for transactions and for customer interactions. Um, and then finally, innovation. Uh, that focus is gonna continue and expand. Uh, it's a wave that hasn't crested yet. Um, you know, We just see a lot of energy, a lot of experimentation, a lot of organizational changes designed to foster more innovation, and uh, I think it's, uh, it's an exciting time for the industry.
2: Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate very much, and let's turn to Elizabeth Hedstrom-Henlon from TBRI. Elizabeth, talk to me. Two minutes. Go. It's actually great
9: that we just talked about business intelligence because one of my predictions hinges on that as well. Where we're watching business intelligence from the broad-ranging buyer point of view is that the heat is finally on for everyone. The advanced adopters, the folks that got on board first and knew what they wanted, and now even the laggards know they need business intelligence and they don't know where to start. So we we see uh, the big buzzword for the software landscape with BI in particular around conversions. How can customers really get their uh, their environments up to spec? And how can vendors capitalize on serving such diverse constituencies, especially in this market, well without overextending their own portfolios. And when we build out-of-business intelligence into mobile applications, it's really all about the app. It's coming down to how do you get the right information in the right context. So we're looking at enterprise applications vendors, trying to see mobility as a way to control the flow of information from the data center and the database to the end user. In terms of protecting their own install base, but also keeping their users from defecting to cloud providers.
2: Okay. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. I think we're going to have time for a, a little bit of a bonus question for all of you. John, well, it all depends on John. John Elder from Elder Research. I can't wait to hear your predictions. Go, John.
7: Well, it's a little grandiose. I'm going to say that data analysis Go for it. will save science. And why does science need saving? I think an excellent article appears the cover article in The Economist on October 19th, How Science Goes Wrong. And they make a great, it's a, it's a devastating critique, excellent article, and it points out that a majority, somewhere between 50 and 90 percent, of all scientific journal results are bunk. And a lot of that is due to bad analysis of data. And so it's possible to analyze things correctly. The problems that they point out have been solved. They're just not well known. And it's my hope and prediction that a breakthrough this year will occur in terms of scientific community recognizing that they need to involve expert analysts to get the most out of their data.
2: Very interesting. Thank you. You know what? You've all done such a job of being brief and to the point that we actually have another five minutes left in this segment. So I'm going to go for round two for each of you. I'll give you each about uh, 45 seconds if you want to talk about what will be the, the hottest thing you would be talking about one year from today that has happened in retrospect in 2014. Paula, if we're looking backwards, December 2014, of your predictions, what's most likely to happen and why?
8: Oh, that's a tricky one. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> You caught commit, me a little off guard. I think the one that's most that's yes. that's most likely to uh to happen is we're gonna see a lot of activity around promotion price optimization. The same too, in cross channel order fulfillment. Retailers are really pressured to um, to get a better uh, a better return on their inventory investment and any way they can do that they will.
2: Okay. Paula, were you the one who mentioned about BI and people know they need to have it, but they're not sure what to do? Was that one of your comments?
8: It wasn't me, but I, I, I agree with it.
2: That, yeah, was it. that was me, Bonnie. Okay. I'll, I'll get to you in a second. Mark, if we had to look back from December 2014, which of your predictions do you think would come true? Would You could say, it happened. I was right.
6: Well, I think 2014 is the year when the rubber meets the road for insurers. I think in all of these areas, the customer experience, analytics, and innovation. Uh, There's been a lot of uh, activity, conferences, uh, strategies, experimentation, but it's going to be operationalized in all those areas now, and we're going to see some real impact on the industry.
2: Okay, thank you. Elizabeth, now a question about BI. People know about it. They're not sure what to do. Where are they going to get that education? That's the question, I think. And Mm -hmm. If I had to put my
9: 2014 hat on, I think you're going to see – The the vendors in this market really start to split along the landscape, those folks that can prove themselves as trusted advisors and those folks that are seen by the market as in it for themselves and for opportunistic sales. If you can be that trusted advisor, you're going to be out in front at the end of this year
2: very interesting i'm going to do a little plug here i helped to uh, narrate a quick series of little 3 minute videos on bi and your success for sap a couple months ago they should be available on youtube soon and we took five thought leaders in the bi space from sap of course and i interviewed them on top 3 issues things like building a, a bi competency center the bi maturity curve uh why do you need a solid business case for a bi why should your company invest in it who needs to be involved really A to Z, step one through step gazillion on how to put it all together. So anybody who's listening who's curious, we might have something really fun and interesting for you. Uh, look for it on YouTube soon, BI in Your Success. Thanks for letting me do that, Elizabeth. And John Elder, if you had to look back, if you had to look back in December 2014, which of your predictions, And what about that science? How, how close would what you, what you observed be to the truth?
7: Well, uh, it's mostly wishful thinking on my part, but I think we'll get a good start. It is a little scary that, uh, you know, very few landmark studies in cancer research can be reproduced. Um, extremely important papers, much less uh, less important. We're talking about the top journals, not just uh, the uh, vanity press. But um, science, of course, makes huge strides. But there's so much wasted time and effort when data isn't analyzed correctly. So an appreciation mm-hmm. for that is is just got to happen um, I, I, i'll add too that an application area that's uh, we'll see uh, grow is insider threat looking for you you want to analyze if you have a large organization perhaps people taking care of secrets or something like that who is likely to reveal those to let them go to cause possibly violence in the workplace any kind of threat that comes from the team the inside team and uh it's just another form of anomaly detection, and it can head off uh, a disaster.
2: Great, John. Thank you. One buzzword for 2014 or two words that go together from each of you. Paula Rosenblum, buzzword of 2014. Customer. <laughs> good. Mark Mark Brading, no surprise there. Mark Brading, buzzword 2014.
6: Well, I'd have to say customer also, customer experience.
2: Good, good. I like that. Elizabeth Hedstrom-Henlum, buzzword 2014. Convergence. Oh, good. I think I knew that was coming from you. And John Elder, buzzword.
7: Seek the truth.
2: Oh, that's a heavy one. Okay. On the note of truth, I want to thank Paula Rosenblum, Mark Brading, Elizabeth Hedstrom, Henlon, Henlon, and John Elder for joining me for segment two of our part two 2014 prediction special. Wishing all of you a wonderful new year, everything good, and let's see if your predictions come true. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, we're going to have another four panelists sharing their predictions. Brad
10: out.
2: Here we are, segment three of part two. If you're keeping track, I'm going to welcome the following four guests. You'll hear them say hello, and then we'll find out their predictions on the clock. Greta Roberts. Frequent guest on SAP Game Changers Radio to our delight. She's the CEO of Talent Analytics Corp. She's a faculty member at the International Institute for Analytics. And in 2012, Greta led a research team with the International Institute for Analytics that resulted in the world's only benchmark for hiring data scientists and analytics professionals. Greta, Happy New Year. Welcome back. How are you?
0: Happy New Year. Thanks for having me.
2: Wonderful. Glad you could make it. Scott L. Mitchell, chair of OCEG, a global nonprofit community with over 40,000 members, creating authoritative resources for achieving principled performance by integrating the governance, assurance, and management of performance, risk, compliance, and ethics. We call that GRC. He's a technologist at heart. He founded his first software company way back in 1997 based on two patents. Scott L. Mitchell, welcome. How are you today?
11: Happy 2014, Bonnie.
2: Thank you. Good to hear your voice again. Thanks for joining me. Megan Cook, Center for Technology and Government Program Manager, works with teams from government, corporate and academic organizations to address information management issues through, I like this, a unique collaborative process and I hope that's part of her predictions. For the past 15 years, Megan has made major contributions in the areas of open government, mobile government, intergovernmental information sharing management, that was a mouthful, strategic planning and IT business case planning. Welcome, Megan. How are you today? Hello, everyone. Hello, Megan Cook. And rounding out this segment is Mark Delisi. He's the Director of CR Corporate Responsibility at CSC, responsible for the company's global CR reporting, strategy, and integration of sustainability into CSC's business and that of their clients. He has held a variety of positions, including leading the Leadership Academy and working to increase strategic sales and support account development. Mark Delisi, Happy New Year. How are you today?
12: Great. Great to be here, Bonnie.
2: Thanks for joining me. Greta Roberts, first up, you're on the firing line, my dear. I'm going to give you two minutes. Take your full two minutes and give us your best predictions from your view at Talent Analytics. Go, Greta.
0: Great. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, Mm -hmm. Starting out here on the firing line. I have three predictions today, and they kind of combine the space of analytics and employees. And um, as we know, the analytics discipline has been very successful in predicting and preventing one one thing, customer churn or customer attrition, um, and delivering huge ROI. So my first prediction is that employee churn and attrition will move from being a hot human resources topic to being a hot analytics topic. And the reason that it will move from that is because – Um, employee churn and attrition are are similarly delivering direct and significant ROI to the business and as we know anytime there's ROI to the business there's a lot of focus and um, we're seeing that the core analytics teams are picking up on the uh, employee churn and attrition topic. so that is our first prediction. Okay. The second prediction for 2014 is that CFOs and corporate risk officers will increasingly put some pressure on hiring managers To think of new employees in a similar way that banks predictively evaluate their creditors. And that sounds a little interesting, but essentially, if predictive models can show that like one bad hire wipes out the benefit of three great hires, this is Mm -hmm. going to really change the hiring behavior of hiring managers and human resources everywhere.
2: Okay. Thank you very much, Greta. That's terrific. And Scott Mitchell, you're up, chair of OCEG. What do you see coming down the pike for 2014 that you'd like to share with us today, Scott?
11: So as we talked way back when, you know, our membership is comprised primarily of individuals that are working in corporate governance, risk management, compliance, ethics, and the enterprise. Uh, Another way to look at it is these are the people who uh, in the wake of these scandals, are trying to clean up the mess. Uh, you know, if we go rewind back to Enron, WorldCom, or more recently, in 2008, some of the the big uh, systemic risks that were that were missed. These are the people that are trying to both prevent, uh, detect, and recover when those things happen. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, I don't, I, I have two things: both reflection and then predictions. If we reflect over the last decade, starting with some of the initial, say, ethical scandals, um, there has been a ton of innovation, a ton of innovation within each of these disciplines. People who are working in risk management, corporate governance, ethics, compliance, you name it. There's been a ton of innovation, but if we're all completely honest with ourselves, not much has changed. We are Mm -hmm. still at the highest level of lawsuits, um, material Uh, Misstatements and disclosures are still about at the same level as they were a decade ago. Uh, In fact, if you look at lawsuits, fines, and penalties from the government, they're higher than ever before.
2: Why? Why, Scott? Why is is that? Can you just uh, – why?
11: Well, this is the prediction. So, you know, well, uh, the root cause, uh, what Uh what a lot of our members believe and what some evidence suggests is that the root cause is exactly that, innovation in silos. When the real uh, okay. pr- uh, problem must be addressed from more degrees, right? 360 degrees. Looking at all of those disciplines, integrating the way that they approach the problem. So my prediction is that 2014 will be that year. That will be the year where we start seeing corporate governance, risk management, performance management, compliance and ethics no longer innovating in their own silos, but rather coming together to come up with more orchestrated solutions which has a couple benefits. Uh, one is it just works better, the companies mm-hmm. that, are, that are even starting to do it today. And secondly, it costs less, which is always, is always great.
2: Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for answering my question, too. A little troubling there, though, those statistics. Megan Cook, let's see what kind of optimism is on the upswing for you for 2014 from the Center for Technology and Government. Talk to me, Megan Cook. Great, thank you. So the
13: Center for Technology and Government is an applied research center, so we work with governments all over the world on their innovation challenges, their information management issues, and help them come up with solutions. So a couple of big things that we've been seeing going on. I think over 2014, we're going to see governments learn what it takes to do a better job at sharing. And when I say sharing, I mean infrastructure, services, and information. People are sharing in their everyday lives. Um, startup companies are allowing people to share, uh, rent out rooms in their houses, um, get lifts mm-hmm. from each other. There's, um, you know, park at my house. There's TaskRabbit. There's all of these startups that allow people to share things they can use from each other. Governments are have been doing this for a long time, but they're learning about the context and the capabilities that it takes to actually share information and services. There's two that I want to talk about. one is called the East City Gov Alliance it's out in Seattle and uh, that is a long-standing um, collaborative initiative that allows governments to share resources and also governance to provide better service to citizens. Another one is Digital Towpath, which is in New York State, where I'm from. And, you know, I didn't say anything about the weather, but it is uh, below (laughs) freezing here, too. I'm here, too. (laughs) Yes, I know. Go ahead. Digital Towpath is is a content management and a cloud service for really small municipal governments who Mm. are looking to work together, share information, but also share a platform. And they've really figured out how to keep it um, uh, controlled by the municipal governments and so i think in all of these different areas people are figuring out what it takes for them to share information Um one more that i'll talk about is mm-hmm. a platform for sharing code violation data and understanding how this information helps out cities that are within ten miles from each other but the cities alone can't invest in this type of platform themselves so they come together figure out how to fund it together, and then share data across and and essentially try to combat blighted properties across a larger region. So I think that's something that we're going to see in 2014 is governments really figuring out how to do this and how to make it work. The next one is Mm -hmm. data generation. I think we're going to see an increase in analytical capabilities across government as we have more data generating um, mechanisms, we um, have people who are thinking about this and their roles in government are to understand and think about and be proactive. So I think the capabilities are going to um, far surpass anyone in a technology role and those more in the, in the program business side, uh, those capabilities are going to be increased and, and we're going to see a lot more people being able to use the data in ways that they
2: haven't before. Very encouraging. Megan, I'm going to have to cut you now. I have to give Mark Delisi his two minutes of fame. Thank you very much. Mark Delisi, CSE, you're up. Go, Mark.
12: Okay, thanks, Bonnie. So I have a couple predictions for 2014 in the corporate responsibility and sustainability space. The first one is I think we're going to see a further rise of what we call the social entrepreneur or social intrapreneur if we're talking about someone who sits within a large uh, or even medium-sized business and what i mean by that is that we're going to see a lot more companies startups organizations grow their capacity to create products and services that are marketable that are profitable but that are also sustainable and deliver some benefit to society and if you want a great site to go look at where this is happening mm-hmm. today, go to the Holt Prize, H-U-L-T, where they give each year $1 million in seed capital to the best idea that does that, that essentially tackles large issues that are faced by billions of people around the world and comes up with marketable, profitable, sustainable uh, answers and solutions to those issues. They had a thousand applications a few years ago for this, they now have 11,000. So that's prediction number one, the rise of the social entrepreneur or intrapreneur and, mm-hmm. and the seeding of that within a company. Second prediction is I think we're going to move beyond climate change mitigation, to climate change adaptation. And it's not that the mitigation is going to go away or stop or we're going to try and stop global warming, but we're seeing this already in the insurance industry, which is starting to change their underwriting assumptions in the face of stronger and more frequent coastal storm predictions. That is coupled to me with the rise also of the challenge of water scarcity. And I think in 2014, that challenge is going to come to the forefront more. And we're going to see companies more and more, just as they're footprinting their carbon, they're going to be footprinting, quote unquote, their water. So I think those are two of my major predictions in this space, Bonnie.
2: Thank you, Mark. And Mark, you're the director of corporate responsibility. Is there a C-suite level title for that? C something, or what would it be called? Well, and is that you, an up-and-coming role? I mean,
12: there's a variety of of things that I'm called and, and and there's a variety of titles. You can have chief sustainability officers, okay. cetera, But but very often they're either heads of sustainability or corporate responsibility or corporate social responsibility.
2: Yeah, where you we've we've covered that topic, C R and C S R several times on the show. Thank you. We have about a minute left in this segment. I'm gonna go back through the through this group at the round table and I'm gonna ask each of you for the buzzword, your top favorite pick buzzword for twenty fourteen before we go to break. Greta Roberts 2014 what's the buzzword of all buzzwords coming out of talent analytics this year please
0: I'm gonna follow John elders lead and use two words or more than one word so go ahead it on him employee and predictive together
2: Oh, okay very good thank you Scott L Mitchell OCEG buzz for 2014
11: principled performance
2: okay can you just explain that just so in, in closing just give us a quick one sentence definition so people really get it.
11: I think it's where companies start focusing, uh, beyond financial performance, even beyond triple line, and mm-hmm. focus on balancing how their financial, sustainable, what would ordinarily be triple line perform, uh, tri- triple bottom line performance would be balanced with risk indicators and, uh, and, uh, compliance and ethics indicators.
2: Thank you very much. Megan Cook, Center for Technology and Government. Buzz, buzz, buzz. What's the big buzz coming from your organization for 2014?
13: Well, I think one of the things that I didn't have a chance to talk about was um, planning for high value. So what does that mean in sharing and working together and, and really putting things in place that bring the
2: most value, the public value? Thank you. And sharing, I think, was one of your favorite, my favorite buzzwords of what you talked about before. Government sharing. I like that a lot. I think we have a new show topic coming from you (laughs) for this year, Megan. We'll get you back. Mark DeLisi, the buzz from CSC. What is it?
12: Several words. Solutions to water scarcity and sustainability.
2: I like it. Thank you so much, Greta Roberts, Scott L. Mitchell, Megan Cook, Mark DeLisi. You are all great. I wish you all a very happy, healthy, productive, and predictable New Year, where if we had this conversation Exactly 12 months from today, I'd like to know which of your predictions really came true. That should be interesting. I wish you all the best. I'm going to clear the phone lines now. We have one more segment to go. Waiting in the wings, Steve Peck from SAP, Nola Masterson at Science Futures, and Henner Schliebs from SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're trucking along with 2014 Prediction Special Part 2. Don't even think of touching that dial. That mouse, that app. We'll be right back with our closing segment. I hope you're all taking notes. Thanks, everyone. Brad Here we are and we're in the home stretch on part two of our 2014 predictions special. I'm going to, I'm going to welcome three more guests who have been waiting in the wings very patiently. We're going to find out what their predictions are. Let me tell you who they are and then we'll hear from them. Steve Peck is SAP Senior VP of Global Strategic Initiatives and he also leads SAP's sports and entertainment industry globally. Previously he was CEO at Axon Americas, a publicly listed SAP only consultancy and to the point he drove 48% year over year year growth prior to a successful all cash acquisition in late 28 uh steve peck welcome back how are you
14: thank you bonnie doing great how are you doing
2: Wonderful. Glad to have you here. I'm so excited you're on. We did such a great show on, what was it, Sports and Technology Score. That was the title, and and we're going to have to do another one of those in 2014. You know I'm inviting Uh, you back. And with you today is Nola Masterson. She's the Managing Director of Science Futures Management Company, LLC, an investment and advisory firm. Nola is a biotechnology industry leader and successful visionary thinker. I like that. I hope they'll say that about me someday, Nola. Nola has over 40 years of business experience in the life science industry and venture capital investments how are you today nola masterson welcome
10: thank you very much Bonnie I'm from warm Silicon Valley I hate to say
2: it oh rub it in I'm in bitter cold below freezing below zero last night in New York it was cold let me tell you and Henner Schliebs is Senior Director for Analytics Product Marketing at SAP responsible for driving the adoption of analytics solutions from SAP across all departments he has a credo for 2013 and I'm willing to predict that it's going to be the same for 2014 but I could be wrong Henner says everybody should be an analyst everybody should have the chance to make better decisions through analytics. Welcome, Henner. How are you?
15: I'm doing great, Bonnie. How about you?
2: Wonderful. I'm happy you're here. Okay. We've got, let's see, we've got nine minutes till closing of the show. I need a full minute to thank everybody and do my predictions. So, I'm going to give you each. Let's start with two minutes on the clock, and if we have anything extra, we'll do a bonus round. So, Steve Peck, look into that crystal ball. I know you've been spending time polishing it off. What do you see in any of your areas of expertise for Whatever you want to talk about, Steve Peck, go
14: all right, Bonnie, thanks a million. Well um, you know for prediction number one, and you've probably heard of it quite a bit on the show, big data just keeps getting bigger and mm-hmm. the clouds keep on rolling. There's no question yep. about it and uh, and uh, with uh, databases like HANA, it gets a lot smarter. So there's whole new levels of uh, intersection points and uh, and good analysis on uh, each of those data points that are floating out there, whether you put them out there or people learn about you by your behaviors. So we're going to start to see a lot more precision marketing and uh, every CP company, every retailer, um, in my world, every uh, team or league wants Mm -hmm. to connect with their fans better. I think that we're going to see big data getting smarter and bigger and it will all be easily consumed in the cloud. So that's, uh, that's a continued trend that we'll see. The other one is machine to machine. Uh, I think now there's a lot of point-to-point connectivity all over the web. Uh, it's becoming ubiquitous because you can get there with those mobile devices that are out there everywhere. But the machine-to-machine the machine starts to intertwine, and, and uh, you know whether it's a refrigerator connecting with the um, uh, with the grocery store, or whether it's mm-hmm. your car connecting with the parking garage for seamless uh, parking spot reservations. We're going to see a lot more of that come into play. And I'll tell you, things like that can really affect uh, the world of sport, which is my world, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. so the fan experience won't just be in the stadium anymore. It's going to be from the time you leave your door to the time that you get back because you're going to be able to reserve that parking spot. You're going to be able to get those dinners, dinner spots reserved. Everything's going to be all in one seamless, uh, one seamless fluid motion for you. And then I think the other trend that's worth talking about, because this this uh, is not only applicable to the world of sport, but it's it's really in the way everybody learns, whether in uh, in grade school, college, or in uh, the corporate world, the gamification of training and education, without a doubt, is going to start to roll, and it's going to fundamentally change everything. So in the world of sport, it's advanced simulations, it's taking data off of sensors, whether they're on the players or the cars or the horses or whatever it would be, and it's going to change the way that... Uh, that uh, people learn and, and the way they execute. And if any area of an uh, industry or any area of a, of a government uh, lags behind, they're going to fall behind because you simply can't compete with uh, advanced simulations and skill-based learning.
2: Thank you, Steve. I have a quick question for you before we turn to Nola. My question is, in terms of communities and trends and social networking and interaction, do you think the communities of sports fans will help spread the word and increase the engagement level in what you talked about, the benefits of machine to machine, where one fan will sit next to another and say, hey, I already have a parking reservation for next week's game because my car is talking to the reservation system, and the other will say, really? How would you do that? Do you think there's going to be that sharing of knowledge where it's going to ripple through the crowd like a wave, Steve?
14: Oh, no question. No question. You know, Nelson Mandela said so aptly that sport has the power to change the world and it's got the power to inspire. It's got the power to unite people in a way little else does. And there's no question that uh, it'll be a great platform that shows how to get things done. And I tell you, if there's an app out there that I'd love to have, it'd be the TSA having instant social interaction on where the lines are in the airport so that you know where to go to the best Thank security you. line when you're in there. If they Thank would just have a little Steve. tweet social interaction real-time <laughs> app for us, we'd all be a lot happier.
2: Okay, I know that our startup focus teams are all listening to the show. We'll see who comes up with that one. Nola Masters, I'll give you exactly two minutes. Go, predict. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, mm-hmm. Silicon
10: Valley is robust. Uh, we've had a good year this year. Because of the uh, IPO market opening up for biotech and people are able to access financing. So I think in the next uh, year we're going to see more healthcare wearable technology. Mm-hmm. You may even be able to diagnose diseases with some of these uh, tricorder type of uh, devices that the government has now put an X prize on. So I think uh, secondly we'll also see Impact VC investing uh, mm-hmm. in people getting involved uh, because baby boomers have the money and have the time, and they're going to be looking for investments in technology for good. Uh, I think the movement is encouraging. I think it's um, going to have a, a direct impact on social environment, and I think in the healthcare world, the key word is going to be Connectivity. Uh, I think that we have the ability to connect people with their information, and I think we're going to be seeing more and more devices that do that. The tip of the iceberg is obviously Google Glass, which can be used by uh, doctors now, uh, and wearable bras that can diagnose early-stage cancer.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Thank you, Nola. Henner sleeps, two minutes exactly. Talk to me. What Absolutely. do you predict? Absolutely.
15: I'm a strong believer in technology and my son, he's three years old, he wants to become a doctor. Not because of helping um, other people, but he can run around with an iPad all day long. That's why he wants to be a doctor. <laughs> hey,
2: technology! I'll <laughs> tell my daughter the pediatrician that that's what the buzz on the street is—that she runs around all day with an iPad. Go Absolutely. ahead, Hunter.
15: <laughs> technology is becoming more and more important for everybody in business. Right by 2015, mm-hmm. IDC projects that uh, 80% of buying decisions in IT are influenced or made through uh, business people, head of business organizations. Uh, heads of uh, finance organization or or marketing or or HR or whatever. It's not a technology thing uh, per se anymore. It's it's becoming a real business tool in order to uh, speed up uh, business outcomes. So uh, first prediction is real-time business is becoming um, a standard uh, in 2014. Um, because the approach can provide companies with benefits both uh, at the operational as well as on management levels, right? Operational level will be mm-hmm. speeding up data capture and, and simplifying all the technology processes in the background so that executives can, uh, whatever, reduce uh, inventories or minimize business risk or lower operational costs and uh, uh, foster productivity and better meet customer needs, right? and. At the uh, management level, um, you can accelerate decision-making and planning, so you can exploit market opportunities, you can uh, identify competitive threats sooner and cope with the market shifts more quickly uh, to transform stagnating businesses. So real-time business is, is a great thing. We've seen that uh, the wins across the business metrics are are, uh, the following, like cost reduction. um, 35% um, of of, uh, companies having employed um, um, real-time business um, have have achieved cost reductions. Revenue increase. More than 30% have done this.
2: Henner, Uh, I'm out of time, my dear. I want you to give me one buzzword for 2014. What is it?
15: It's still democratization. Everybody should be an analyst. Everybody should make good uh, good decisions.
2: Thank you, Steve Peck. One buzzword for 2014. Go. Gamification. Love it. Nola Masterson. Buzzword. Personal health devices. I like it. Okay, I'm Bonnie DeGraham. My predictions are tomorrow we're going to rerun on Startup Focus with Game Changers, show number one from the series called Why This Startup Now. You'll be very interested with that. Next Tuesday, Biz Buzz with Game Changers, 9 a.m. Pacific. We're going to talk about the rise of the social enterprise with Anthony Leeper, Alan Lepofsky, and Mike Meissen from E&Y. And next Wednesday here on Coffee Break, we'll be doing tech donations to transform NGOs and MPOs part two. And tell me what? Tell me what, Bonnie. I'm going to tell all of you my prediction is that we're going to all be game changers extraordinaire this year so here's my call to action, what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today thank you to my wonderful, we had 14 guests on today, hope you gained and gleaned a lot of great information, we'll be back next week live on BizBuzz with Game Changers have a great day and thanks to Brad and the Business Channel team for making it happen bye Steve, bye Nola, bye Henner and bye everyone, have a great year we're out, bye bye